Bill Caswell back here from PRI, the performance racing show in Indianapolis, and I'm sitting here with Trevor Andrusco. Trevor is, uh, well, with Track 9 Consulting. It's uh, marketing, driving, consulting, uh, you know. Build race party. Build race party. It, it sounds really serious, and it is because uh, you're, I mean, I consider you to be one of the top driver coaches now for uh, uh, Porsches for sure, but really just about anything, Miatas, uh, I saw you most recently at AER running Caymans, but, uh, and Trevor, I met you like what, eight years ago at Orlando here at PRI in Orlando, in Orlando. Yeah. We, uh, we walked past each other in the aisle and you said, what's track nine. And, uh, since then, it's been one of those things you and I have always kept in touch, which is awesome. It is awesome. And over that time I've watched you, uh, you know, you were the, the lead instructor, chief instructor, head instructor, big boss man, whatever the word is. I was at, lead instructor at Porsche Experience Center in Atlanta, still there as part-time. So if you guys want to come check out the Atlanta facility. Yeah, actually, down. a lot of my friends have been through and had you as instructors, I'm finding out, like, over the years. which it's is which funny. Is, which I've is met kind a of lot funny. of people. Yeah. Um, also, uh, director of operations, one of the lead instructors of Primal Racing School up in Dawsonville, uh, Georgia, at Atlanta Motorsports Park. Yep, and Primal Racing School is, like, Everything, but I think of as radicals. Is that not true? Yeah, we start, um, basically, you can come in and do the three-day racing experience, uh, racing school. Um, we are accredited by SCCA at this point in time, also with Radical Cup. Oh, that's so cool. So if you want to come in and get your Radical license, you can come on in and start from scratch, and by the end of the third day, walk away with your pro license. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's a great way into the sport. and uh, Yeah, and this is all at Carolina, or at, uh, I say Atlanta Motorsports Park. Atlanta Motorsports AMP. Park. Yeah, in Dawsonville, Georgia, up in NASCAR country. It's, the track's awesome, by the way. If you're sitting here watching from home, you should actually Google it right now because it's, uh, it's kind of new to me, so I actually had to go look at the video, and the intro video is awesome with, like, the helicopter flyover, the drone flyover, and it's like... Helicopters, airplanes. We got an airport right next door. We got Elliott Field next door. We got all the You have pros. a swimming pool with, uh, like, sit-in pool bar stools. Yes. How did that happen? Uh, talk to Jeremy Porter. Okay. All right. Fair enough. It just looks cool. <laughs> so, anyway, I, you know, Trevor, like, um, like, I think of you as, like... Like, if I had friends that wanted to go racing, like, say they wanted to come endurance racing, like the team that, that I saw you with at um, uh, Mid-Ohio, I guess, right? Like, if a bunch of guys that are, like, Porsche racers, and they want to start Porsche track day guys, and they want to go endurance racing, like, I think of you as, like, like the ultimate coach because you help, like, manage a team, put the team together, get the car sorted, work on the training, bring them to the race, like, get all their race craft dialed in, but also, like, plan for the future. Like, Yeah, but you just nailed it. It's a team. So what you see is just the front lines of it. We've got a team of people behind us. We've got all of our mechanics, part-time mechanics. We've got the team managers behind the scenes. We've got my business partner, Tyler Hoffman from Track 9. Yeah, Motorsports Tyler's awesome. It's too bad he's not here. What's Tyler doing? Is he stuck at home? Tyler's in Atlanta working a program for a manufacturer right now. Oh, that's cool. Tyler's good dude. Um, but we, it, it is a team. So you, you, you mentioned that uh, you, you view me as one of the best driver coaches in, in the Southeast. Because of how like, well-rounded and comprehensive your program is. But it's, uh, it's a full... And you're fast. I'm not. Dude, your lap times <laughs> at Atlanta in that Mustang Trans Am thing were ridiculous, dude. And a Hoosier. 
What was that? It was on a Hoosier tire. Oh, is that why? Yeah. Yeah, no, dude. The times were so fast. I sent that video to some people. They were like, what the hell, man? Talk to Jake. He'll be really happy that you uh, brought that into the conversation because I got second place in time trial. Um, so <laughs> yeah, we okay. everything that we do in the Southeast, it's a group effort. It's not a one-person thing. It never is in this industry. So you, you kind of find the people that you work with well, yeah. and you give each other work. And that's what we have tried to introduce, at least in the Southeast, so, you're never go. You're never going to go and do this by yourself. So wait. So you can you you can also prep the cars between the races too. We do trackside support. We do corner balancing. We do alignment. We do prep. Yeah, but like if prep. So, like uh, like if someone and we're going to get into innovations in like driver development, driver safety here from like uh, uh, from PRI. And we're at the end of the day here, so I just cracked my first beer. So we're having like uh, an informal kind of discussion. Where's here. the cooler? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, so. You know, um, but what I, I saw, what I'm getting at is we're here to talk about driver innovation, but I'm also learning a bunch right now just talking to Trevor because I never really, like, you never really sit down and grill your friends on like, like, so what exactly do you do? Until they've got you on a podcast. Yeah. And then I'm like, and I'm, and I'm maybe, I don't want to uh, do an injustice of explaining it wrong, but like, uh, so like, let's say like, um, like I got a friend, um, Eric Steinbeck, who just started like doing all the Porsche stuff. He's got an SCCA license. He's been doing a bunch of track days. He's got an awesome GT3, but like he keeps looking at like racing, but it's like, you know, he's got like a real job and this and that, like he could buy like a, like a race car, like your like the GT4 club sport and leave it with you. And it would just show up at the racetrack and he could fly in and race it. And you guys could reprep it and, and you know, like bring it to the track and well, do all so, the coaching and the driving and like do a full turnkey race team package. Is that possible? Yes. Awesome. Um, but the only reason it works again is coming back to the team. So we actually <laughs> in Atlanta use Goldcrest to manage the club sport. Um, right now we're building a GT3. We're yeah. turning it essentially into What's Goldcrest. Goldcrest Racing. They're in uh, Kennesaw, Georgia. Oh, awesome. So, okay, this is why it makes sense. They Some people manage try the, to do everything at once, and they can't do it all, and they screw stuff don't up. Don't try to do everything by yourself right. is what I'm coming down to. Um, I got gotcha. you. Goldcrest so, manages Lee Keen's personal car. Right, right, right. I understand. So your prep is through Goldcrest, or... If it's Porsches and it makes sense, it's through Goldcrest. Yeah, so we're a consulting company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I'm getting at here, right? That's what I'm getting, a consulting company. And so as a result, like, you can do hands-on with whatever part. But we can focus where we're strong, mm -hmm. and we can put people in place to focus on the entities that they're strong at. I like that a lot. I get it now. I totally get it now. It's a, it's a well-rounded wheelhouse. And we, we basically manage the program, but we also make sure that everything shows up on time. Right, right, right. Which is such a problem anywhere in motorsports usually. So to give it doesn't you an, matter if you're running like from a top team or whatever. Well, to give you an idea, next year, Tyler and myself, we're planning on, we, we are doing a full season in AR mm -hmm. with a GT3 that we're turning into a club sport, essentially. Awesome. Cup car bodywork, cup car cage, cup car brakes, cup car seat, cup car data system. Does that mean you're changing the front firewall? Yes. Wow. So you can put the cup car fuel cell in it. Yeah, shout out to TPC Racing for doing that build. Wow. Um, we're doing as much WRL as we can in the southeast with a GT4 Club Sport, and then we're doing a three- to four-car program in Champ Car with Miatas. But we're awesome. building a ladder, and on top of that, we're trying to take as many school graduates from the Primal Racing School and yep. actually taking them racing. Okay, and Primal Racing School, I don't think I even mentioned that when we came on, right? Uh, we talked about it briefly. I mentioned okay. the name. Okay, but, but that's how you're doing the driver coaching. So if someone has their own car that they kind of 
put together in their garage or they have like a GT3 or an M3, they can just sign up and get coached by you guys through Primal? Yes, and okay. we're working on a bring-your-own-car program, get your own license, all that stuff. Okay, but right now it's generally the Radicals? Right now it is the Radical SR1, which is on a treaded tire. Oh, cool. Yes. So like similar to like what we're doing in AER where you got to have like a 200 treadwear tire. And you can drive it in the rain. Yep. And also, I mean, like all the Skip Barber open wheel cars were on treaded tires. Correct. You know, because it's easier to find the limit and the grip and like the, the what's it called, the, the um, slip angle and all that sort of stuff. Well, think about it. When you're new to racing, you get on a slick tire and you, it, to try to find the limit yeah, of a slick, so far. It, you're not, you're not going to find it Mm-mm. until you've spun. So we try to get people up to the point that they can actually find yeah, and you something can hear close. It too. Exactly. You can hear it in the ears. Yeah, open cockpit car, too. Yeah, and you hear the whistling of the tires. Yeah. That's pretty smart. So then uh, we get off track. But, like, so the, is the suspension softer as a result of the softer tire? On which car? On the SR1 school cars. Uh, it's a softer suspension than is the you, SR1, uh, SR3. It's less downforce, smaller track width, yeah. lighter car, smaller engine. Yeah, it's you, more pliable. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, you almost have to be, because otherwise everything becomes too stiff relative to the soft tire. To drive that car fast, you will move it around. That's awesome. It, it will slide on you. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, the whole chassis is around, you're working it. Like, it's it's just the right amount of downforce, which is really cool. Excuse um, me, man. It's Miller Lite, you know? It's like all I could get in here. It's uh, yeah, water. No. Well, no, but look, this is meant to be fun. Like, some people have these podcasts that are so serious, I can't even listen to them. Like, it's painful. Like, you know... Even NPR has more fun. You know, this is meant to be Build Race Party. Like, we're having a good time here. So. As, you, as you advertised on the door to the convention center. Yeah, well, that's what vinyl's for. You like that? You know, it's like, it's like the perks of being media, I think. So, so we're uh, in a closet right now, but it's an office, and it's got Build Race Party on the front door. And It's pretty awesome. It's we're like right, right outside in, of Stilo. We're right in the main convention hall. Like, I, I think I did, you know, this is... Uh, this is my return to cars, and this podcast is a big part of it, you know? So I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, putting a lot into this. So share this with your friends and subscribe and all those good plugs. But seriously, so let's go into, um, you know, so Trevor being, you know, uh, around in motorsports like your whole life, but being a consultant, a driver coach, like having all the different programs, but it's generally focused around the driver, right? Like, like I like building a lot. I like cutting up metal and building cars a lot. I tend to focus more on, on that than I do driver development. But between the two of us, I thought it'd be fun to talk about some of the innovations we saw on the floor that like relate to the driver. Mostly around safety, but but as you know, all this happened really fast. Trevor's only in, in the in the uh, convention for the day. So we like walked around and saw a bunch of cool stuff and in the last like twenty minutes got overwhelmed with so much awesomeness that I'm not even, we're going to probably be rehashing it some, you know, right now as we speak. And before we get into all the driver safety, I want to go right to this Apex Pro. He's a friend of yours, right? Yeah, this is Andrew Rains. This is his company out of Birmingham, Alabama. It's really cool, dude. I was a little skeptical. I was kind of like, yeah, great. You know, like some LED lights on the dash. But like, after looking at the video and looking at the in-car video and looking at what the, the app does, the fact that you can actually do all your telemetry on your phone is kind of cool. So it's a it's a little LED unit. I think it's got 10 or 12 LED lights on it. And you put it on your dash. It's a magnetic mount. It's like a GoPro, except it doesn't slide in. You put it on the dash, and it comes right off. You connect it to your I'm phone, and you go out, and you find basically what your car and you are capable of. And what it does is it trains the system 
to recognize where you are on the track based on satellite GPS data yeah. uh, and also on G-Force. So you go out and basically chase these green lights or blue lights, however you have it configured, mm-hmm. and it, 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 it learns how much grip is, is available in each corner. And we throw he's, it in everything that we can because he, you can go car to car with it. He's going a little easy on it. It's actually, I think it's way more it's way more Way more Andrew Reigns, please help me. So, no, what, what I learned is that, um, remember the friction circle that we all learned in, like, uh, racing school? Where you've got, you get on the brakes, it goes forward. You get, it's uh, the equivalent of putting, like, a big bowl on your hood and putting a tennis ball in it. And as you get on the brakes, the ball rolls forward, and the tennis ball rolls forward in the bowl, it goes up to the lip. And if you're really good, in theory, you could then turn through the corner and keep all that G-load, keep the tennis ball on the rim of the bowl and actually you know, work it around to the side until the ball's on the left side of the bowl and holding lateral grip. And you've you know, maximized your grip by keeping that ball as high up in this bowl as you can. It's the Jackie Stewart school of driving exactly. is what it is. And, and then, there's actually an old video back from the 80s where it's like an hour-long Jackie Stewart is it school is the one video. where it starts at oh is it actually school or is it more is it Monaco and it's all like No, there's a there's a video that he goes out and drives some old Mustang on does he track. Put the ball on the hood? Yes. <laughs> and it's an awesome documentary. It's on YouTube. Jackie Stewart, yeah, School of Driving. Lo- look it up. Find it on YouTube. It's awesome. I tried out for a TV show at the Land Rover Discovery Park thing and like like for it was like that one Jeep two one car too far show or whatever. It was really cool, but they made us try to get like a Land Rover through like an off-road course with like a tennis ball and the bowl on the hood. Right. Yeah, like off-road. <laughs> it was such a nightmare. I tried to like, you know, they timed us. So I'm like, all right, I think I can just go really fast. Trying to do it like the Well, Baja. the ball would bounce out of the bowl and I'd try to catch it. I'm like, as long as I keep bouncing it in the bowl, it's technically still in the bowl until it leaves the car. No, that's a loophole. <laughs> it was a loophole. It worked really well. They told me that like I couldn't do it anymore. And then I had to go slow and crawl through it. But yeah, anyway, so back to the story. Uh, what I learned from Andrew is that this bowl is now effectively like not a flat friction circle, but a friction like globe, like a three dimensional ball because you forget about the uphills and the downhills, right? So if you're going uphill, you're actually loading your, your uh, tires a lot more. You're putting more G's in your tires. They can sustain more grip there than they could in a lateral corner. And if a corner's like, so, you know, someone's like, oh, my car do 1.2 G's, and I just need to do 1.2 G's everywhere. This is not that. This ties into the GPS. So it knows where you are on the track, and it knows that you can't do 1.2 G's in this corner because it's like a decreasing off-camber radius corner, and, and you don't want to do one point. I'm losing myself, but, you know, or, or you've got an uphill with a corner, and you know that in that particular corner you can do 1.4 G's lateral because you've got the uphill weight of grinding the car into the tires a good example of that is like turn six turn seven at road atlanta um turn six has a lot of camber in it and a lot of banking in it and you can take it a lot faster than you think you can but you go into turn seven you take it really slow what this helps with is it makes you realize if you have this system on the dash Mm -hmm. it's blinking lights at you and saying go faster and it's like (laughs) having a coach in your ear on a radio just encouraging you, hey, there's more here. Yeah. It's and almost like that predictive lap timer thing from yeah, a long exactly. time ago where, where it tells you you're above or below your turn. It's just telling you corner by corner, section by section, are you maximizing the vehicle's potential? Correct. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So, uh, I don't know, it's uh, apextrackcoach.com. So, it's A-P-E-X trackcoach.com. And uh, 
the other thing too is there's like an OBD2 module. So like it'll looks, it'll plug into the car. Right. And it looks like all the data then is heading to the app on like an iPhone, I think. Yeah, and like I didn't get a full I just talked to Andrew about like a lot of the like I, I grow them on some of the stuff. Like, I, well, what about this? And I think it's important to to realize as we're talking about this, neither you or I are dealers on this system. This is just a really good system that exists currently uh, that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, but I'm I'm a big fan of plugging friends. No, that's like, fine. It's my podcast, and like we get to promote <laughs> friends. Like that's why we're here. You know what I mean? It's like uh, we're here to tell you about stuff that we like. And then I think like for everyone out there who knows me or doesn't know me, like <laughs> that wouldn't be a beer opening. PRI is effectively over, and the conference is shut down, and we're like locked in the museum right now, hidden just, in a closet. They don't actually know we're in this closet in the show. It's going to be a problem when we leave. I think, but that's just the way life works. Because it's been a busy conference. Today was packed. Like, I was kind of shocked at just how packed uh, PRI was. But so we didn't, you know. Just wait until Saturday when it's open to the public. Oh, man. I'm going to be hiding in here. So, uh, yeah. So it all pulls into the app. You get your OBD2 port, um, which means you get, like, throttle and brake inputs. And then I watched them run through, like, the data overlay that we're all used to. So as you go around the track position, you know, you can, like, pull up the OBD2 data and see, like, when you're on the gas and the brakes, like, cool and all. But... As a driver coach kind of thing, if you get someone really fast in your car and run them through the car, and then you run your laps through, there's like this this green light, red light thing where the red light is showing your max and the green light's showing where you are, and you can go around and see literally where you're off the performance of someone else or your best lap, and then tie into the other data. Is it because I wasn't on the gas as much? Was I not on the gas earlier? And you can start to like dig around in a, I think the thing's like 400 bucks. It's a real data system, but it's simplified. You put it on your phone, and you can look at it anywhere, and you can compare one driver to the next. Mm-hmm. So we all get overwhelmed by the amount of data that's on Race Studio 3 yeah, or on I2 on Motec. Yeah, I don't even bother. Scrib- lots, of, lots of moving lines. Fine, whatever. Yeah. Put it on your phone, look at it, and it'll show you green, red, yellow and tell you where you can go faster. Yep. Which and it simplifies it. Yeah, which for me is really cool because like I'm not as skilled or I don't have as much experience in all the like driver training coaching as you do, Trevor. But like if I see when I looked at this map, I'm like, all right, I can tell right now turn three and turn seven is where I'm off the pace. So like it's a really easy way to be like Yeah, and it gives you a percentage score on each lap and, and it tells you how well you did. Right. So you can go back out there and be like, just keep doing what you're doing on the rest of the track. Just go fast in turns three and work on turns three and seven until you're matching your green lights to your red lights. I thought it was pretty cool, dude. And I think it was like I think you said it was like four hundred bucks. Like four hundred bucks. Something like that. And it's the it's one of the best things that you can do. Say you can't afford a coach, which I have issues with, but we'll talk about that later yeah, if, if you, you want. Could, if you could afford race tires <laughs> and you could afford track time you can afford a coach it's it's like having a coach with you at all times and you can look at it whenever you want and if you can read there's another beer bottle (laughs) if you can read the simplest amount of data you can make yourself better Mm -hmm. and that's why we're all in this sport because we don't want to go the same speed every lap we want to do it better faster stronger each time we do it i think there was like a music video about that or something that's kanye west okay yeah all right (laughs) All right, so uh, the, the point originally of this talk, like, so Trevor and I were going to try to, like, you know, we had different days, and we were trying to check out all the sort of driver safety stuff going on. And honestly, I never saw Sparco. I'm not even sure if I saw them here. Uh, I definitely didn't see OMP. 
Like a, a lot of the driver safety companies, either maybe they don't have innovation going on, which is the purpose of this podcast, and, and or maybe they do and we missed it. But we did see some things that were pretty ridiculously awesome. Um, and some things that were a little bizarre too, right? Well, let's talk about that. First of all, if you're in this industry and you're yeah. not at PRI, you need to come to PRI. If you're a safety equipment manufacturer and you're not here and people don't know that you're here, you need to come to PRI. Yeah, I'm probably not going to buy your stuff if you're not here. Uh, I'm just not. Like, who, if you're not going to invest in the industry and come here and show off your stuff and get more people into buying your stuff, like it's, your stuff's probably not worth buying. So right now, of the people that I saw here, I'm buying Stroth belts and yep. I'm buying Stilo helmets. Yeah. <laughs> from There's some weird stuff, but whatever. That's behind-the-scenes <laughs> stuff no one knows about. Yeah, I'm actually a big Stilo fan, too. My, I got my first Stilo in 2011, and I went and um, just tried a bunch on. And the thing that I like is, like, like I don't wherever I end up buying it, like not a lot of companies stock a lot of helmets anymore. It's just tough. But what I learned is that there's now two larges within the Stilo line. Yeah, there's like a 59 to 60, and I need the large frame, more padding large. I don't know. Like it was awesome. Like I had my last Stilo was an XL, and by the time I packed out the padding, it's like a little loose on me, man. If I have a really bad hit in that thing, it could turn on my head. Like it really could. Uh, in the southeast, we have a store that's based at Atlanta Motorsports Park called uh, Discovery Parts. Discovery and Parts? Discovery Parts. Discoveryparts.com. I think they're one of the sponsors for Champ Car Endurance. Mm-hmm. Um, they are at most of the southeast track weekends and oh, that's pretty race cool. days yeah. with a trailer. But I've called them before, mm-hmm. and they have overnighted me safety gear. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it shows up at the track the next morning. Uh, I've been at the track before without gloves, and they'll send me gloves. <laughs> Don't you hate that? Yeah, Ron and Shawnee, you guys are awesome. Like, you get there, and you're like, my whole kit was packed. Like, how did it not end up at the same? Or you show up at the track with a client, and they don't have the right safety gear that they need to race. Dude, because this is a podcast. It's all about digressing and being fun, although we're going to run out of beer. Uh, I went down to WRC Mexico. And I, I brought this guy, Ron Erickson, because keep in mind, it takes like a week, dude. You got to tow into Mexico, and there's a machine gun fight the first year. Like, not a lot of co-drivers want to, like, cross the border with me at 11 at night and barely make this race, which they still, year after year, never thought we'd actually be allowed to enter. And so, like, we get down there, and Ron's got, like, holes in his shoe. Like, actual, like, holes. Like, you can put your thumb right through, like, the side of the shoe. And I'm like, what is going on, man? You get a fire there. It's going to burn your foot. He's like, Really? Right, and I'm like at this point, who cares? And Ron's like, I don't know. He's like, he's, ni- quick he's, way like out. he's like 19 <laughs> or 20 years old. Like he can't even go into a bar and drink at this point. He's got holes in his shoes, and uh, he's the only one I could talk into going down to Mexico with me. Like I had to fly him out so he could take exams in college. Was that the year that you tried to get me to drive the van? Probably, dude. I probably, I probably tried to. I mean, a lot of times I'm like, what do you do? Anyone that would message me, I'm like, get in the van. Like, anyone would ask about going, like, get in the van. And honestly, only Brent and Kelly ever continually got in the van and came down there with us. Kudos to him. Yeah, good good for Brent. But uh, so Ron shows up. He's got holes in the thing. And I'm like, dude, I built a car that passed FIA tech. We have, like, FIA everything. And you show up with holes in your safety gear? I'm like, where are we getting a pair of shoes? We have, like, two hours, Ron. He's like, you know, tech's the morning, the race for us. And so... uh I'm like, what size shoe are you? And it's like, he's like a big shoe, like an 11 or a 12. And I'm like, God damn it. All the rally drivers were these little dudes, right? And I'm like, Ken, Ken Block's in the rally. I'm like, I wonder what size. He's a tall guy. He's probably got a big shoe. So we go over to Ken. We're like, Ken, we, we, did you bring spare shoes? He's like, dude, I got like four pairs. 
Because, like, if something happens the first day and, like, you know, the shoe gets torn, I need a proper shoe for the second day. Like, that's a pro, pro driver. He's got a pair of shoes for every day of the race in case something horribly goes wrong. So I did talk to Derek Dauncey, uh, like, the guy who ran the Mitsubishi World Rally team, like, all those World Rally championships in the 80s, into giving me a pair of shoes. And they're the exact same size as Ron's shoe. Ron now has them, like, framed on his wall. They're, like, Ken Block's WRC shoes. But, yeah, anyway, so... I did... Yeah. On that same yeah. topic, I went and did my first dirt track wing sprint car race. Yeah, dude. I'm so jealous about that. And I showed up, Plymouth County Speedway, and uh, uh, right outside Road Was America. Your, like, fire gear not thick enough? No. I showed up, and I'm wearing a Stilo Zero. Yeah, like a $5,000. Sorry, I mean, racing gear is expensive. Yeah. Well, it's I, it's my life. I value it, so I'm, I'm going to buy way. the best. I, I bought the most expensive helmet I could at the time, too. I didn't so know there was a zero. I show up with a zero at the dirt track, and everybody else wearing bells and $400 helmets. I don't have any tear-offs. You mean like like visor tear-offs? At the dirt track race. Like for the windscreen? For yes, the, for, the for my helmet, visor? for the visor. So who else has a dirt track Stilo helmet that weekend? Uh, Tony like Stewart driver, yeah, totally. So Tony I walk Stewart. over to Tony Stewart's hauler and ask him for tear offs. Couldn't you just put other ones pack. on and like they'd overlap? And they be don't weird. Different length, different fit. Yeah, but so what? It covers most of it, right? I could use Scotch tape too, but that's not going to work. No, but don't they just stick to the helmet and then one after another? No, it goes over the the bolt holes on the visor. Yeah. Oh, it does, and yeah, that's it how it holds fits on properly. But if you don't put the visor up, like you just put the visor down, keep it down, and put a bunch of tear offs from like a bell on it. Well, when I'm running. The last place, not getting lapped. Yeah, fine. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. But, is but that if you're in the mix, on, though, if you're in the it, mix they in the dirt on track. because of the bolt hole thing? Yes. So you put it over the bolt hole Like on you the undo visor. the bolts and then install them and put the bolts back no, on? No, it just goes right over the visor, but it plugs on to the, the it ridges. It does plug yeah. on to the ridges. Yeah. And that's how when you tear, they kind of stop. Yeah. And you don't rip the whole thing with it? Yeah. So the only person at the dirt track that had visor tear-offs was Tony Stewart. And, and I had, to, and I had to do the walk of shame through the paddock with a... With a pack of visor tear-offs. You know that was what, great though, for my rookie move. No way, though, dude. That's the way racing works, though. Like, if, like, like I don't know. If you have spares, you hand them out to And he's anyone. got two big German shepherds that just sit at the edge of the trailer. It's great. Yeah, to, like, prevent people from stealing the tear-offs? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I had to walk over and then walk back through the paddock with a, with a dude, $9. Dude, that's hardly... Yeah, you know, and, of course, like, the... Uh, the parts store trailer that's at the sprint car track only carries like uh, Impact Racing, Simpson. What what trailer? What parts trailer at the dirt track race? There's, There's, no, it's a nothing. sprint car race. No, you're telling me dirt that, track. Yeah, but you're telling me there isn't like one of those trailers, like a Summit trailer. There's or corn dogs and rental transponders. That's it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Speaking of dirt track safety and uh, like the the circle track stuff. The seats. Nine-point harnesses? Yeah, the seats. Nine-point harnesses. Like, we were talking, and he's like, yeah, so the nine-point harness. I'm like, where do all Only. the other... I'm like, where do the other attachments go? So they've got... Shroth has a nine-point harness. This is out of HM, HMS Motorsport. Yeah. They're in Mooresville, North Carolina. They out, are now. Outside of Charlotte. They were in New Hampshire, and they got tired of the cold. And they actually... They, does he supply, like, every NASCAR company's... 98% of the something NASCAR like teams? That. Is that what he said, 98%? Yes, it was all but one in the Daytona 500, is I think, what he said. I think there's, like, one. Yeah, that's right. I think so there's the literally Shr- one. So belts, they've got a nine-point system now. And basically, the extra two harnesses... Uh, the extra three. The extra three. Well, there's an extra one, but I'll get... Well, okay, so there's two that go over the shoulder of the driver... 
and then another two on that same harness mounting system that go over the Hans. Where are the rest? There's four. There's a third on the crotch. Got it. So underneath four thousand pounds. Of yeah. What are you saying? Over four ten the, seconds from the crotch belt, which most people overlook. You found a carabiner on a crotch belt oh, recently. No, let's not talk about it. Okay, we won't. But anyway, um, no. But like, uh, but seriously though, like uh, the crotch belt is the two standard ones that kind of come between your legs, and there was like a really thick tether, and the tether wasn't. Like, you cinch down, like, the, the two main ones, and there's this, like, really strong tether that looked like you could, like, strap a car down to it that, that was held to the bottom of the belt, and they found that, like... And this is a full carbon seat. This is a $14,000 oh, yeah. $14, seat. seat. But they found in NASCAR that, like, with the weight of those cars and the speeds they're turning, that you could flip one of those things over and have, like, a load that would put 4,000 pounds into that belt, and that the standard two webbing things... Like I guess weren't quite enough, and then they'd probably ruin your 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 poise or something. But there was like this third one that was like designed to basically hold the entire system uh, in place in the eventual. Yeah, if you went over on your roof at like 200 miles an hour and came up into the air and came slamming down upside down on the roof, this thing will keep you from going through the roof of the car. Somebody flipped at Atlanta Motor Speedway last year, two years ago, is what he was saying. And they broke their leg. And it was basically because the system worked too well, is what I got out of that. Because the legs weren't strapped into the system as well. Well, that was. He hit his leg on the dash? Well, that was. uh, The bar? What that was was. um, So, yes, there was that. But what he was showing us was that. um, uh, And he is being Joe Marco. Joe's the owner of HMS Motorsports. Joe Marco's awesome. Like, that's where I got my first Elo helmet from. Uh, you know, I talked to him way back in the day about customizing Schroth harnesses for rally and endurance racing because I wanted extra straps and things on it. But but Joe's awesome. He's the one walking us through it. And they've got Schubert helmets in stock. Yeah, the ones that Michael Schumacher wore, like those awesome German helmets that like people don't know where to get. Like HMS has them. But we're not. You know, there's a whole new range of product from those guys coming out in the new 2020 Snell certification this fall. But uh, what he was saying was that those carbon fiber um, race seats made by he- no, Fiberworks. Fiberworks. Yeah, made by Fiberworks. F A F I B R E. Fiber. Yeah, Fiberworks that are like $12,000 where the seats are, the belts are actually attached to the seat, which is the first time I've ever seen that. And that hardware on the back. Titanium. Completely titanium. From a piece of billet. CNC'd from titanium. But it's billet. mounted to the seat, not the bar. That's right. It's the first time I've ever seen in racing where the belts are attached to the, the seat, not the chassis of the car. In other words, like it's the first time that the seat's been strong enough to take the loads that you normally put into the roll cage. So lesson here, wild. kids: don't skimp on your hardware, yeah. your seat mounting system. We're we're kind of big. Both of us are huge believers in that. Like, if you've got the money to go racing, wear a Hans. Wear a Hans, but wear the best helmet that you think you can buy. Like, you might prefer a different brand than than we choose. That's fine. But buy their top-of-the-line helmet. What's your life worth to you? Yeah, and and even if you're like, well, I'm only doing like a lemons race. You know what, man? Probably even more reason you should have the best safety gear. <laughs> but but seriously, if you're like, oh, I'm only going to be in the car for four hours a couple times a summer. I'm going to wear an open face at my next lemons it's, race. It's not that. It's skip one of the races. Don't spend the money. Correct. And spend that money on safety gear and wait it out and do it again. Because your safety gear will generally be good for five to ten years. At least. 
At least. If you do an FIA, it's good for 10. Yeah, exactly. It just depends on where you buy it in the cycle and well, some of these new, yeah. new certifications come out. But by, at least... By you know. time the, time the, time oh, the right. cycle. Yes, exactly. So, you know, if you're thinking about it, don't go get a crappy fire suit. Go crew on a race and don't spend the money. Make them pay you or volunteer at the least. And then use that money you would have spent to buy the nicer fire suit. Speaking of that, I mean, there's plenty of opportunities. If you want to get paid in racing... Offer to work a champ car race and just show up and fuel the car. Yeah. Somebody will pay you to do that. Or AER American Endurance Racing. Yes. They yeah. pay me. I mean, I'm an employee of the races doing uh, video and live reporting. As your shirt says. That's right. Because, like, you know, I want to work for them some more. But um, so, and seriously. that's why I'm a big believer in plugging stuff. But if you want to oh. go, if you want to go make money in racing, start by making money in racing. Yeah. Offer your services. I mean, there's plenty of there's plenty of teams right now that I know of. Uh, yeah. There's a Facebook group. I think I was just about to say, go to a Facebook group and just go to Champ or yeah. AER. They're looking or for CDL drivers and people just changing tires. Yeah. No, simply because they're they're too busy racing. They're the other car, they're exhausted. Like it's with the amount of money they're spending to go racing, they're better off paying someone to do a little bit of work on the side. You know. Um, by the way, on the plugging thing, like I plug people that I work for. I plug my friends. I plug products, but I only ever plug stuff that I like and I believe in. Like you will never see me talk about something that I don't like for the purpose of trying to get you guys to buy it. Like ever, ever, ever. And if you do, I'll tell you outright that I've been paid to say that and it'll be crystal, crystal clear. Nobody's paid us to talk about Nobody's anything that we've talk, exactly, been talking about today. Exactly. But I've been doing this for 10 years and constantly plugging companies and people that I love. And it's like, I only use and wear stuff that I like. I've never really ever... I've never worn anything inferior because uh, someone paid me. So that's just a message from the podcast. I think. So Speaking of inferior, yeah, chill out systems. Okay, I missed this. So you you need to, to go outside to the hallway on the way to Lucas Oil like, Stadium. Um, these are the deals where you have the cooler and you wear this the is suit. the cool suit. Yeah, but what they've done is basically I'm going to call it a computer cooling system. There's no ice. Oh, these are the eight thousand dollar ones. Yeah, they're they're high because it's new technology. Yeah, I saw them in the market. Motorsports. it's got a thermostat. You so can control the temperature. Yeah, no, but it's a fully integrated air conditioning system, and you never have to change the fluid. You plug it in, and it's done once. Yeah, but isn't it, isn't it like eight thousand uh, dollars? It's like four or five. Okay, so the new ones are a little less. Money. They're getting lower. But okay. it's new market technology, and what it is, um, basically, you turn it on. You put it on a. You put it on its own fuse. Yeah, and you put it on its own fuse, like a fifty amp fuse, directly to. hooked to the battery. <laughs> put it on its own battery, dude. Like, but like the trophy trucks are running dual alternators to power their air conditioners and lights. Yeah, so you need to put this on one of the trophy truck suspension systems. That's fine. No, but I mean, but it keeps cool you cold. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, you don't have to change the ice eighteen times through a twenty-four hour race. Not only that, it weighs nothing. Yeah, and you the, plug it in, you're done. Yeah, it weighs nothing, and you don't have to buy ice every time you go to the racetrack. You just turn it on. Yeah, like all you guys at your pit stops, your weird milk jugs with like the cutoff things. The frozen yeah, milk jugs. So you can scoop the water out but not get the ice. So you're going to buy a freezer to keep your ice cold, but you're not going to buy a system that keeps you cold? Yeah, and I mean, I guess you're right. Like, well, you, start, you can you put s- beer in the freezer. I know, but it will not, yeah, But if you start to think about it, you're right. Like if, you, if you're just like, all right, I'm going to race like eight times this summer and you just allocate like 500 bucks per race to your cooling... Then you're like, bam, four grand, you got the system. And the, the nice part is you're not lugging around 50 pounds of ice and water. 
Like you got nothing leaking out of the car at the end of the day. Nothing better than watching someone with all these carbon fiber wings and like carbon fiber seats. And then ice. And then like an igloo cooler and 50 pounds of ice in the passenger seat. You're like, dude, you just, you spent like 10 grand on carbon and then you got an igloo and 50 pounds of ice and water in the passenger seat. So, so the name of this is, is Cool It that's doing it? Uh, chill Out Systems. Chill Out. Oh, wow. See, my bad. Chill Out. Chill Out. Chill Out Systems. <laughs> you know, hey, I'm sorry. There's like, there's like three different, you know, different brands. Um, and then is this like you wear a shirt and it plugs directly into the same, shirt? Same shirt. Their pro shirt, I think, has three times the coverage of, like of the standard of chill, wedding. Uh, cool, uh, cool suit. See, I already forgot the name of it. I know. See, Chill Out. No, yeah. no Cool Suit. Is it cool suit? No, it's chill out. It's but chill the old out. system is it was called cool suit. cool suit. And then the other one was the one I mentioned, which was what I don't know. <laughs> but uh, okay, chill out so systems. chill out systems has the and look, the first company that came out with these was in response to the FIA telling you had to bring down cockpit temperatures. And we and learned, remember that like so, like five years ago, and BMW was putting like air conditioners on their transaxles and all that weird stuff. Yeah, and HMS just did a test with their new Nomex Dude, style. This what stuff, is this? This is probably the highlight of our discussion. Is uh, it's called Walero? W a l e r o. The title of the car. article that we're looking at says "Space Race." This was a technology built by NASA. Yeah, and it's a uh, it's a new fabric. Yeah, so remember how, like, uh, I don't know, Patagonia came out with Capilene Long Underwear, and they talked about, like, it's wicking properties, and it wicked the moisture off of you, and all that kind of stuff. This stuff is, is um, I guess there's, how do we say this? Race Car Engineering did a, uh, did a test of this fabric versus regular Nomex Long Underwear, and it wasn't prompted by Wallera. It was actually done on their own because of just, you know, engineering driver stuff. And the basic takeaways was that... Um, they put them in like a, a driving cell with various temperatures. With the simulator. With the simulator. And what they found was that like the driver's average heart rate rate was reduced from 108 beats per minute to 100 beats per minute just simply because they were in a cooler environment. They lost less water weight. Half the water weight. And the lap time consistency was much more... Uh, yeah, was, that I believe. Was, cool. was closer on the, the new material... Compared to average Nomax. Oh, wow. Actually, look at that. Look at that graph. Yeah, it's actually pretty legit. The uh, The other thing I found was that the driver f- sweated 40% less in Wallero underwear. And their and their heart rate was 8 beats per less over the course of the hour. Like 40%. I sweat a lot in a race car. I sweat so much. I get out and I'm like steaming when I get out of the car. Yeah, it's like, funny. We were talking about it earlier at the, end, uh, at the morning. Uh, I have very rarely used CoolSuit. Yeah. And I started to recently, and I'll never go back. No, it's so nice. It's so nice. It's so nice. It's like going to the yeah. It's but going this, to the beach. Yeah, no, it is. It's <laughs> going to the beach. And like when it's like really hot in California, and I crank that suit down, and I get out of the car, I literally just steam. I'm I'm so cold relative to the ambient temperature that it's like steam coming off. But this Valero stuff is uh, I hate to admit it, it's so good that like. Uh, uh, Joe Marco, the owner of HMS, was saying, like, man, I wear this stuff, like, four-wheeling. And, like, when I go out, like, and do snow stuff skiing. in the cold. And it was soft. You it go was snow soft. skiing wearing fireproof material It was now. soft, like, cotton. It was so comfortable. It was... And uh, they're making seats out of it now. Yeah, they're covering seats in it. And, again, it's because of the, the moisture wicking. So, like, I guess if you sit in it, like, and you start to soak through your suit, which, which I do embarrassingly. Rob Holland got so upset at me at the Nurburgring. Like, he took a stint after me, and he's like... Dude, within like 
three corners I was soaking wet. Had to find a dry cleaner. No, dude, I, I soaked the seat so wet that when he got into it, it just went into his suit. Had to go find he, a dude, washing he like, machine he like just to wash, the wash his so suit he, afterwards. He drives without even like thinking about it. And I'm in like a 480 horsepower Audi, like all wheel drive with wings. And I had like a day to learn the track. Like I was out of my mind, man. I was scared. And the slicks were awesome. Like whatever. So honestly, this Willero stuff is probably the coolest stuff that we saw. I saw walking around today in driver safety. Like it was. It's it, new technology. And. You know, you and I talked about this on the way back to the booth is we, I, I haven't seen I haven't new seen, tech. I really haven't seen a lot of new tech and driver safety. In the last four, five years, we've got yeah. the new Hans device, yep. which is the Zero. We've got the new Stilo. The Hans, the Hans Zero is ridiculous. It's so light. It's like 16 ounces. Really? Yeah. See, it's, I just, my Stilo, you know, dude, I left my Stilo like The somewhere. new Hans makes the old composite feel like a brick i had the old carbon i left it at an aer race of course you did someone's pits without my name on it like i didn't have my name on the back so if of you it. found a hans device and but, it wasn't uh, yours an FI send it to pri and address it to me the size medium <laughs> so um, i even know which track it was at watkins Glen. so the new hans yeah. device the new stand 21 hans device or whatever they call it um the 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 new wait the new stand twenty one that's stand twenty one's got the the new I thought the thing was bolted on the one I walked by had the stand twenty one it had like a little yeah, tether thing it's it's similar to Hans it's it's still a neck protection it's not a Simpson the, it's not a Hans it's something in between it still works like a Hans you think this is the best one this no is your I, I like the Hans I've got the Hans yeah zero. I got Hans too Hans zero this I, no no offense. I mean look I have no problem ragging on companies I could be wrong about this. But this Come uh, prove us wrong. This Stan Twenty One one looks looks chintzy. I like the Simpson because you can get in a streetcar with it, and you can get in a race car with it. You can use it with a three point belt. The Simpson's got like that little one. The Simpson Hybrid is the full carbon back with the belt on the stomach. Oh, that's kind of cool. And you can use it with a three bolt uh, three belt streetcar and still protect your neck because it hooks to a helmet like a Hans would. But it goes around your it goes your, around your stomach. Yeah, it goes around wild. your gut. Oh, while we're on random stuff, if you're into karting or shifter carts, uh, Stilo has this wild, flexible carbon fiber rib protector. Yes. How wild is that? So talking it's like, about... It's like 300 bucks, and it's this flexible carbon fiber... I've not seen flexible carbon fiber ever. Yep. And, like, we were sitting there for, what, five minutes? And just fending it back and forth. I still think, though, it's like a couple of panels of hard carbon fiber bonded with a flexible material. There's like a polymer in between. Then with, like, a, a nice impact protection layer of thin carbon on the outside. But it moves. It does move. It does move. Um, so, tech, tech stuff that we saw, I mean... But I didn't really see, like, suits have stayed the same, man. Like, they've gotten thinner. Two-layer. Yeah, well... And we're looks, down to two layers, which is great, but you still got to wear Nomex under if you're going to go do pro stuff. Is that what the deal is? is yeah, that, the rules you still got to wear be... a third layer underneath. So the old three layer suits you just wear them without Nomex and get away with it. In that most was the of the in most of the amateur stuff, you can. Interesting, because I know like like what's it's SFI three point five or something. SFI the... three point five and FIA. What are we up to? Twenty eighty eight fifty six two thousand fifty. Yeah, something like that. Or even yeah, right. Eighty-eight fifty-six, two thousand sixteen. There might be a twenty-twenty coming out. I think, but either or, they're now authorizing two-layer suits, right? Yes, in most in most pro series, as long as you have as long as you have the Nomex base layer, you can wear a two-layer. 
as oh, yeah, far as I know. But I've the rule books now are what do you eight, have? Do you have a two layer? Pages. Uh, I've got a two layer OMP. You do. Yeah. I have a, see. I have a three layer. I think it's a three layer Sparka. Or mine's like two layers. The old one. The one. No, that looks I got like, like, a like snowman. No, dude, I got the dope ass custom fit. Like I have Sparko's like state of the art suit from like. Speaking of, if you've never been fitted for a fire suit, yeah, go get fitted for a fire suit and get a fire suit made for you because yeah. It's, Awesome. Awesome. Also, I mean, I do need to point out Sparco's in, like, I don't know, Orange County somewhere. They're, like, in Irvine. I think they're in Irvine. They're in Orange County, California. You're that West Coast guy. Yeah, I know. Well, I've been into the shop before only because uh, the guy who, who's president of Sparco is, is also a W. Caswell. I'm just William Caswell, and he's Warren Caswell. Yeah, well, dude, so I win, like, a two-wheel drive rally. I win, like, two-wheel drive LSPR, and I go to PRI that year, and there's a rally car in the two-wheel drive class with W. Caswell on the window. So I just assume that's my car. That's my car, bro. It's got my name on it. When do I drive it? And it was really sponsored. Your cars are all in storage, aren't they? Yeah, but it was, it was <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> and uh, I'm, like, worse than Scotto. Like, my car's, you know, but my car's run. Anyway, so uh, I assume it's William Caswell. It's actually Warren Caswell, president of Sparco. When I realized we have the same name. Oh, you guys are best buddies now. Oh, dude, no. I just started tagging everything with my Caswell stickers to the point where, like, everyone knows Warren Caswell. So I just tagged everything near the Sparco booth, and oh, I made no. everyone go ask Warren, who's William? Who's Caswell? And he had to, like, figure it out, and then finally realized it was me. I thought it was a clever marketing technique. I mean, That's pretty good. Look, I just love their products, and I buy them, like, of course, I, you're able to best. tag stickers everywhere, but I've been trying to get one out of you for six years. I know, because I stopped making them. And you, and you, missed, the, you missed the tagging run. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, no, but um, Sparco does a thing where you can get the suit, like, custom tailored you. So, you, like, rather than, like, mine was custom made in Italy, like, to my body. And I made, like, the legs extra long because I wanted some other stupid things in it. Get the boot cut. Yeah, well, I didn't, that wasn't available back then, so I didn't look cool when I was in the bars. I looked like not Ricky Bobby. Wearing your suits like, I looked bars. like the French guy. It's all right. I wore mine to lunch the other day. Oh, dude, I sleep in mine all the time. Like, in the rallies, I, I get out of them. I'm so tired. People find me just asleep in the suit. And a lot of times, I'd rather just sleep in it. It's really warm. Yep. It's like those jammies from when, like, you're a kid, like, that your parents put you in. Like, the zip-ups, the onesies. But it's all soft and plush. So, uh, Sparco does a deal, though, where you can buy one of their off-the-shelf uh, suits, and then they'll cut it up for you at their facility and tailor it to you. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you get the cost of, like, a off-the-shelf suit that's custom fit to you. You just got to pick one that's within your body dimensions. So that's, like, kind of an in-between way to go if you can't afford a full made-to-measure suit. A full custom suit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's, like, a good way to go. Uh, but I didn't see Sparco here. I'm not even sure if they're here. Who I didn't knows? see OMP. I didn't look. That yeah. much, though. Again, I mean, I saw Stan Twenty One, but it looked like the same weird cotton suits that they always sell. Like not cotton, Nomax, the, the but old one layer style. But they're really soft. Like if, like I can't, like Stan Twenty One to me says I don't wrench on my car. You can see the pockets. It's not just that. It's like it's like I'm gonna snag that suit on every little piece of anything. Like I wrench in my suits. Like I get on my car and it's broken. I have to fix yeah. it. Like the Stan Twenty Ones are for like. I think for like fancy people. If you're like us, you need to be able to roll around on the ground <laughs> yeah. in your fire suit. Right. If, I, I'm, if I'm in a rally or an endurance race, yeah. I'm the first guy to touch the car. Like, I'm going to try to fix it. Um, and the Stan 21 ones always feel like. Uh, and they're mostly, yeah, they're lighter like they're colors. Soft, they're soft threads. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain Exterior it. Exterior thread. It's, like, it's soft. It, it's just a soft suit. Like, the whole thing was meant to breathe before we had breathable suits. And they never, like, 
found a way to harden it up like the way the more modern companies did. But I don't know. I guess what we're getting at is like there hasn't been a lot of innovation in the fire suits. No innovation on the fire suits that I saw. Um, but the underwear, this Valero stuff, we left out one key point. I guess um, the FIA rates like thermal protection rating, like the TPP or something. Uh, and normal Nopac, Nomex long underwear is rated like a six. I'm not sure what scale this is on, so you just have to bear with me. But uh, yeah, I know, right? But I, I, but I can tell you that whatever the, the Caswell hell the, scale, whatever the hell the six was, <laughs> this new stuff's an 11.5 because mine goes to 11. Right? It's you got a, the Caswell scale. I totally going. feel like it's like the amp thing where it's like, so the regular one's six, but mine goes to 11. And I'm like, well, what's the... But here's the thing, man. This is like some pretty nerdy science tech stuff. And uh, this no, race I was, I was impressed with this new stuff. This this new fabric. I was really Wallero Racewear. Yep. And it's, so... It, it's called W-A-L-E-R-O dot U-K. Yep. And apparently its thermal protection is nearly twice what the original Nomex long underwear was. So you're getting like double the heat fire protect... Double the fire protection... And you're getting substantially cooler wicking thermal properties. Like, if you need to go buy long underwear for your fire suit, or you're thinking about replacing it, or you just want the latest tech. Or go skiing. Yeah, or go skiing and be fireproof, right? (laughs) Um, You need to get this stuff. This is basically everything. I bet in in about a year, I mean, look, people are going to still sell Nomex because there's going to be guys that will pay less for lesser quality stuff. But there's no question in my mind that this is the best long underwear right now that you can buy to wear under your fire suit. I'm, I'm kind of, I was so sold between the material, the cut, the look, the fit. Uh, I'm going to steal that guy's pen too. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm reading uh, hot seat bottom left on the last page on day one, wearing the st- standard Nomex underwear, Mitchell's temperature rose to 37.6 degrees Celsius in just 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. On day two, now wearing Wallero, Mitchell experienced a noticeably slower increase in body temperature. He remained at his starting temperature of 36.9. Mm-hmm. I don't know Celsius, but that's a half a degree in Celsius, which is probably three, four degrees at core. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually, it's measurable. Fahrenheit? I it's, mean, that's, uh, that's pretty, that's, that, at that point, you're, the, the cool suit is only helping you. It's not oh, yeah. keeping you alive. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> dude, the fact that you sweated 40% less, like the driver lost half the amount of water. So, you, you know, the driver in the hour lost uh, half a kilogram of body weight from sweat. And wearing this stuff, he lost 0.3 kilograms. So, you know. And 108 BPM compared to 100 BPM. Yeah. That's, yep. that's a massive difference. And then, When uh, I did the sprint car thing, 192 BPM for 10 minutes. Oh, really? Continuous, sustained. I th- think I had a heart attack. <laughs> Are you serious? One ninety-two for I think, ten I, minutes. I think I'm too old for that heart rate. One hundred and ninety-two beats per minute. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't for 10 I don't think I'm allowed to do that heart minutes rate. straight. <laughs> I didn't know that was possible. Um, so if you want to go have a, a near death experience, go dirt track I'm racing. I'm dying to go try sprint cars. I so uh, simple racing in Wisconsin. Come on up. The other thing we saw, and I feel like we're just doing an HMS commercial, but honestly, Joe Marco. <laughs> I mean, dude, they they are leading it. Yeah, they really are right now. They he, they he always care. has been. He, he cares. He's got shoe berth helmets. Yep. they've only got a hundred in the country. 
Yep. And then, dude, all he's doing all the harnesses for basically NASCAR. And what was he telling us? It was a Penske? Who is it that makes them take the foam out of the pull-downs because they weigh too much? Oh, yeah, the Penske teams. They make them take the those round foam helpers on the on the seatbelts. First of all, they cut the seatbelts at the proper length, so you're 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 not you're, yeah, you you're getting get, rid of weight. You can get made to measure uh, harnesses from HMS motors. So that you don't have to pull them all the way down. Yeah, there's no extra material in the car. And then they're getting rid of that foam oval thing that goes into the belt mm-hmm. insert because yep. it weighs too much. Yep. He actually, um, I don't know if you heard the whole part, but he, so they work with uh, Takata, right? One of the biggest harness manufacturers, safety manufacturers in the world. That's where Schroth, I believe, comes from, I think now. Shroth? I don't know, whatever. Shroth. But uh, what he was saying was that they, they took that seat, that NASCAR seat, and then did something where they, like, flipped it upside down. Like, they're doing tests that, like, aren't even required by the FIA. So they put the seat upside down on the sled. Like, most people mount the seat oh, I regular. Heard yeah, I heard the yeah. end of this conversation. Yeah, I heard the end of this, too, because he was, he was telling our friend. But, and, you know, most people just test what's required. They're actually, like, trying to innovate. And they're, so they're putting, like, the, the test sled upside down, sending it into the crash inverted, and then measuring the G-pull on the helmet and finding ways to, to help restrain the driver better. I mean, And that's the only way we all stay safe is if these companies are actually going out and trying new stuff. Yep. No, that's exactly right. And that's, that's why we're here to kind of share some of the stuff we found today. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that we kind of missed in our brief, uh, in our quick brief overview? Of no, I mean, in our quick walkthrough. No, of- seriously. I mean, there's so much here at PRI every year. I, I'm a little jaded to it because I've been here for the last eight years, as yeah. you have. Well, yeah. And we, we walk through and we see the same people and we see the same things, but it doesn't change much year to year. No. This is the first year that I've been back that I've seen a lot of new stuff. Yeah, but the fire suits and the belts have generally been the same except for that Shroth. 11-point NASCAR belt. Oh, this is what we were talking about. We missed out on. You are talking about the driver's leg uh, breaking on the da- uh, dash bar? Yeah. So the fiberwork seat with the 11-point harness, like the $12,000 seat, he showed us two additional bolt holes in the front forward part of the seat, not where they mount to the car. That's where the additional driver's leg protection stuff bolts on. So in NASCAR, there's actually like these like things that hold your legs in place that bolt to the front of the seat. And then you have your own seatbelts for your legs. So it's an 11-point system. Well, they're, but they're not part of the Take main Take it harness. to 11. But they, don't, but, they don't all, but they don't clip in. They don't clip into that central buckle. Okay. So, so it's, it's like arm restraints, but leg restraints. Yeah, kind of. It's exactly right. So there's this. That's interesting. Right. I, didn't, I didn't hear and that's, that part. And that's what he was saying was that there's like this module that bolts into the front of the seat that they didn't bring to the display. Driver safety is getting... I always the last padded, ten years, dude. I have padded my roll cage bars down where my legs are, and everything in the driver's foot area in all my rally cars. Full I pad, I pad the un- yeah, no, dude. I wear I SFI full on. You're so dumb if you use anything other than SFI protective roll vein. No pool noodles. No man. No. <laughs> With no an exacto knife. No. What was I joking about though? I was like, well, I could just slice this in half and put this on the roll cage, and someone was just like, "Are you serious?" But no, I always <laughs> use SFI roll cage padding. I, I was like. One of the first that I knew of to actually, like a decade ago, like insist on buying that if stuff. If it burns, don't use it in a race car. <laughs> it's not even that. Like the, the impact protection, the SFI stuff's like two-stage, like low G, high G, blah, blah, blah. Right. But um, no, so what there is is there's an attachment to the front of the seat that straps your legs in. So when the NASCAR drivers get in the seat and they put in that 11-point harness, they also have another harness that holds like their shins or something down to this like leg tray. 
So I can still work their feet and work the pedals. Okay. But if they flip over and the G's lift their legs up, they can't smash it onto the dash underbar. Which is what happened. Yeah, which is what happened. It's also why you should always pad your dash underbar. Like, always. Like, if you only put the pads, like, where the rules require you around the helmet area. And for the love of God, don't try to build the cage yourself. Well, unless you're me. Because I know what I'm doing. Race car Santa Claus. <laughs> no, he's right, though. Go get a competent builder to build your cage. Trevor, I think uh, I think we kind of ran the, the We comp- ran through the list. Yeah, man. Uh, do you have anyone else we want to plug that's a PRI right now? Um, no. Uh, if you've been to PRI and haven't come back, come back. Because it is getting better. Don't come on Saturday because it is open to the public. So yeah, come in point. like we do on Thursday and yep. leave by Friday. And if you hold a race license, you can come to this event. If you hold a race license, if you have your own LLC, if you have anything yeah, if in the crewed, racing industry. If you've crewed for races. like, uh, And if you don't, yeah. call Tre- us. We'll help Trevor's you out. Trevor's here under an education <laughs> college deal. I'm because, a college now. Yeah, because he's like instructing, right? So his actually badge says college instruction. Mine says media because we're here doing podcasts. But You got the orange you know, one. Yeah, mine's like extra fancy. Hopefully it's going to get us out of here room. so we're not locked in a museum. <laughs> I do have my own room. It's pretty dope. I'm surprised no one's even opened this door. It blows me away. Like I heard vacuums out there. Yeah, they're definitely going to freak out when we leave here. But uh, No, if you haven't been to PRI actually, in the last couple I'm of years I'm actually because... missing dinner at St. Elmo's in the wine room with AER. Like, it's, it's extra fancy. Oh, I missed. Uh, yeah. Uh, I so, kept you. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's okay. We got Miller Lights in No, here. but what... Uh, so, Trevor Andrusco, track nine... Consulting. Track 9 Motorsports Consulting. Motorsports is the American with an S. Yeah, so you're not like doing like auditing and like uh, financial consulting. No. It's uh, Track track (laughs) 9 Motorsports Consulting. We build programs. We teach programs. We we do the full ladder. Mm -hmm. So we get people into the sport and we keep them. Yep. It's all about retainment. No, I agree. And you've got some cool programs next year. So got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Could you add another car like to this program for next year with AER? Like, um, I mean, you're already hauling some Porsches. If someone wanted to buy a GT4 or another 911 uh, If you GT3, want to buy a GT4 Club Sport, come, come, come to Atlanta. What I'm getting at is if they've got the exact same car that you're already carrying spare parts for. Yeah, come to Atlanta. Talk to us. Uh, talk to Merit Partners in mm-hmm. Atlanta, Georgia. Um, or why can't they just call you guys and have you guys go buy the car and we can do that. Make it the same as the car you're currently racing. Yeah. Like that's down. what I would do. Like if I, if I had cash and I was going racing, right. And had the money to, to put together like an endurance program. What we do is we basically take you from, from the round table like we're doing right now. That's a good point. They could take you literally could be like a 20 year old kid playing video games and your dad could be like a lawyer and you'd be like, you know what? Let's go endurance racing with AER. Actually, that's a good point. One of the kids I'm working with right now, Axe Axe Kamichas, he has done a lot of simulator stuff. He's done a lot of karting stuff. He's working now at the kart shop at AMP. He is now transitioning from the simulator to the kart racing and I want to put him in a car. Awesome. And we're going to go through satellite racing. And if you're not familiar with satellite racing, they take a lot of simulator guys and they put them in real race cars. Oh, that's cool. So if you perform well, there is an opportunity to go do it for real. Kind of like the Gran Turismo trials. Yeah. Like where they, but without the corporate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very cool. No, very cool. So we're, we're, I'm just we're, trying to we're plug. finding talent. We're finding people. Mm-hmm. We're finding drivers and taking them and doing it at that next level that everybody aspires to do. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's very cool. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm Trevor. I'm. Yep. How uh, do we find you? What's the best way? Uh, Track nine. Eh, email me. 
Email me. Trevor at T9MC.com. All right, we'll put it in the description. So check the description of the podcast. You'll find Trevor's email, which might not be the greatest idea because a lot of people are from like, uh, yeah, I know, dude. You're gonna, you're I'm gonna a college on, now. You're going to be on every email <laughs> list on the planet. If we oh, no, 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 no. Let's not That's use that I mean. one then. So I think the thing to do is <laughs> track get, nine get a hold of Track consulting. 9 Motorsports Consulting. That's the way to go. Track 9 Motorsports call Tyler. Consulting. <laughs> yeah, call Tyler. Let's give out Tyler's phone number. <laughs> hey, everyone, everyone, it's 540. No. <laughs> everyone call Tyler. <laughs> Because Tyler couldn't be here. Tyler's at home doing the dishes. No, I'm just, Tyler's awesome. Tyler's, so it's fun to Tyler's busy doing doing the stuff that I can't do. But seriously, like, uh, you know, Trevor and Tyler are awesome. So if I'm going to give a plug for it, it's like racing's supposed to be fun, right? And, no, and uh, you and I haven't seen each other for, what, two, three years? And yeah. you you and I talked on pit lane for 10 minutes. It's so fun. At the man. Mid-Ohio it's race. It's so good catching up. And it was like we hadn't missed a beat. I know. But and you, that's the way racing should but be. But you and Tyler are good dudes. Like, if I was going to go racing and put together a program and I wanted to learn, have a coach, and have someone manage it all, like, you guys would be top of my list. Yeah, call us. Yeah. Um, we, we run the motorsports consulting side, which is the education. We run Kingpin Racing, which is actually the racing banner. Um, website's coming out again for the third time. Uh, and then, we're revamping, and we'll... Awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll throw the, it into the, other, the podcast the is, at the end. If you want to learn to drive those radicals, and then you actually can race the radicals, but you have like 20 of them. I know they're different specs and blah, blah, blah. But you got a bunch of different radicals. Like you can come and do the radical school with you. And if you want to buy one. Oh, that's true too. That's right. I forget about that. Yeah, we're selling, a dealership. Yeah, you're right. I know. Selling it. Right. It's important. The cars are actually awesome track day weapons because they just run and run and run. It's why you guys use them as like school cars and race cars. We're they, two seconds off. Uh, we're a second off of a Formula 4 car at AMP. Mm. So it's pretty legit. These new Formula Four cars are like lots of aero. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's legit. We're we're pretty close to a Formula Four car at AMP. Yeah, uh, at AMP, if you're familiar with Atlanta Motorsports Park in the SR1, it's 22 seconds of full throttle down the back straightaway. Okay, that's, that sounds like a lot, but which is that, that's not going to translate to a lot of knowledge. A third of a minute on full throttle. Think about the straightaways that you've been on. I mean, I, I grew up in Road America, man. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Corvettes. I'm Corvette guys, come just, visit just, us. Right. I'm just saying. No, but uh, but no. But the, the thing is, is like a lot of us uh, are racers and maybe driving BMWs or Miatas or Corvettes or Porsches or whatever. But we don't really get a chance. You're to You're an E30 strap. guy. It's 22 seconds of full throttle at Road Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the point being that um, you know, sometimes it's nice to actually get into a proper motorsports weapon, something like a Radical, and come down there and train in them get good in them and then you offer these this race series down there we do a monthly race series at the track and we're all which looks so fun dude and you put the instructors in the race so it's not you have some real people to measure against we've got some fia drivers out there with our students and it's it's pretty close racing yeah you know it looks awesome dude like i'm i want to come play I'm serious, and All it's right. and it's actually relatively affordable compared to some of the stuff I used to do with Barber and uh, Bondurant. Right now, uh, when this podcast is coming out, uh, I don't know. It's December right now. Yeah. We're charging two thousand dollars for a race day. Think about that two thousand dollars. Two hours of track time in a radical. Yeah, so dude, you need to find Trevor. You need to go down to, to Atlanta Motorsports Park, AMP, in the heart of NASCAR country, and do the exact opposite of NASCAR. Get yourself a prototype. <laughs> it's funny and for like seriously the two grand for two hours of track time let's go as fast as we can that's actually a lot of car for two grand downforce are really cool yeah downforce <laughs> downforce is really, downforce cool. Are really cool that needs to be on a t-shirt <laughs> downforce is really cool i know a guy 
Yeah. Trevor, thank you so much for coming on the Build Race Party podcast from Performance Racing Industry. I'm only uh, here for the sticker. (laughs) I got two. You're getting two (laughs) stickers. You're getting like two of five stickers. But uh, huge thanks for to, to PRI, to Performance Racing Industry, for having us here. And uh, if you haven't checked it out and you're in racing, you need to come check it out next year, as Trevor was saying. Make sure you book your hotel and rental car at least two months ahead of time. And do it through the... no Hertz rental cars right do now. The, really? Well, I'm banned from Hertz, so who cares? For life. I entered one in a rally. <laughs> it didn't go well. Don't say that I out didn't... loud. No, I'm banned. It's already done. Oh, good. It's already done. And you done. got the Ronnie. You got the answer letter. No, it's letter. like done. I got the letter. You got, Actually, the, uns- you got the answer letter from it, a- from. If you a- go Avis. to my if you go to my Instagram thing and you click on like the highlights, there's the entire discussion with the dude at the Hertz counter being like, "Hey, man, will you just check my account. And tell me if I'm banned." And the guy's like, "Whoa, you're like super banned." Like it normally just says, "Do not rent. Call this number." This says like under no circumstances may you ever like. And the car was perfect. That's the thing. I gave the it back to him. Opposite of President's I gave it. I gave it to him meticulously perfect. Just nothing under the car worked. Like, it didn't have skid plates. So, like, the car looked. I never went off the stage. I just, they told me that it looked like uh, a thousand elves with sledgehammers beat the underside of the car until it was flat. I swear. Anyway, so, uh, well, this is uh, Bill Caswell, the Build Race Party podcast with Trevor Andrusco, who's, you know, a very serious driver. (laughs) I can't help. No, I'm laughing too hard about the Hertz thing. Seriously, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you want to go racing, if you want to go get faster racing, if you want to drive some radicals, get a hold of Trevor Andrusco. There'll be uh, contact info. You'll find them. and this is uh, Track 9 Consulting, Motorsport Consulting. I know, man. I'm like an old finance guy, so I leave the M out. Track 9 Motorsport Consulting, Trevor Andrusco. Trevor, thank you so much, man. Yeah, this has been fun. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.